Hello and welcome to the Who Wants to Be an Entrepreneur podcast, episode 110. Cannot quite believe how quickly these episodes rack up, but today we have an amazing treat for you. Myself and Lauren interviewed numerous business owners and individuals over the lockdowns of 2020 and early 2021. And today we bring you that very recording from the interview that we conducted with the wonderful Louise Nadine. Louise is in the financial services, in the professional sector, but we don't talk about that much business in this episode. We focus primarily on Louise's interest in bodybuilding. Louise has won many awards and accolades from exerting herself and focusing on her bodybuilding career. So we get behind the story, the truth, the myth busting, behind women, bodybuilding, and the mindset that is needed, the perceptions around women in gyms, the confidence behind what it actually takes to be applying yourself in that sector, and then going out on stage and winning. Is it a false confidence? Is it something that is covering up for something else? We find everything out here from Louise. So do tune in. This is going to be an amazing episode. I'm sure you will relate to many of it. Men and women alike, sit back and enjoy. Welcome to Monday Night's Lockdown Live with HEW. Myself, Helen Williams, my business partner, Lauren Brady. And this evening, we are excited to bring into the party Miss Louise Nadine. Louise is a female world champion bodybuilder who has won many, many titles, uh, has been competing for the last seven years professionally and is going to share some of her stories with us this evening. Me and Louise, have had, well, none of us have actually met in person. It was through a business event in Sheffield where myself and Lauren was presenting online and myself and Louise actually chatted from then after we connected after the event, learned loads about each other and the business and the ethos about how we all operate, what's important to us. And it just so happens that Louise was carved and created Total Rebuild Gym down, down the road from me in Rotherham. So a few miles away and Louise is ripping things up and going out winning awards and titles left, right and centre. So it's been amazing to, to connect. So Louise, give us some insight into how you got started. Well, first of all, I'm not actually a world title holder. <laughs> British and European. Okay. I, I have had the opportunity to do the worlds. I just wasn't prepared to pay to take myself over. Okay. But how I got into bodybuilding, when I was a lot younger, I say a lot younger, I'm only 30, we're only about seven years ago or so, I went through quite a bad patch. I didn't quite like who I was as a person. I saw myself as quite a weak person. I was pushed around by life, pushed around by people, and I didn't like who I was becoming. And one day, out of the blue, I just woke up and thought, you know what, I want to, I want to compete, I want to start bodybuilding. Very yeah. strange thing to do, but I had read up on it, there was quite a few people in my area that was doing it, so it came into some sort of interest then, and the more I read up about it, the more I realised the amount of discipline and motivation people need to be able to compete, and I thought, you know what, maybe this is what I need to not just strengthen me physically, but also mentally. Yeah. It was only then that I got into it that I realised that actually the training side, the weight training, I really enjoyed. I tried fitness in the past. I tried that spin bike thing that I went on once and, and said I'd never go on it again. 
you know, you typically go into the gym and you, you hit yeah. the treadmill in the, in the bike because you're not really sure what else you can possibly do. And I yeah. hated it. I never stuck to it. And I think because yeah. I found it boring. So when people say they don't have the motivation to go to the gym, I would, I'd have to question whether they found something they actually enjoy doing. So yeah. the training I loved and then the competing, it just pushed my mind into a different place and the more I pushed my mind the more I pushed my body I realized the stronger I was getting and that's when I started to become a little bit more addicted to it because I realized it was changing me as a person and I was becoming stronger both physically and mentally and from then on I just fell in love with it amazing Louise first of all I've got to say thank you because your first answer so vulnerable so honest and usually when we're doing any kind of coaching work or interviews it takes most people like genuinely a little while to get to that point so I think we're just going to give you a little award now <laughs> as our best first answer we've ever got so I, I I'd love to find out about the fitness side of it because you were and you're only young now like but 23 you'd had some like I say you weren't in the best place physically mentally spiritually but had you had, had you been someone who was involved in fitness? Were you someone who liked physical activity, or did you go from zero to competing in that one foul swoop? Zero to competing in that one foul swoop. <laughs> right, that's what I was hoping you'd say. <laughs> and so you, you mentioned there about the influences that you had around you. Who was that? Who was who was in the bodybuilding community or in the world? Who who did you hear about this activity and sport from? There was just a few, I noticed a few girls and because of Instagram's got a lot of them on there and you can see them, you're scrolling through and they've got all these muscles and they look really tight and their bodies look really nice and like, wow, you get this feminine, because obviously bodybuilding has quite a stigma attached to it when it comes to women and weight training. I was like, no, these girls look really feminine. I, at the time, didn't have boobs and I didn't have a bum. I was not a great shape. I didn't have the feminine shape. I, I lacked hips and everything. I thought, well, what if I had muscle in those areas? Could I actually create a more feminine physique doing the one thing people don't do because they, make, they, they think that it makes them look masculine? And that's exactly what I did. I ended up creating feminine curves from weight training I just didn't have beforehand. Yeah. It's amazing because it's, it, I mean... But both me and Helen are so personally intrigued and interested. And if this wasn't being recorded and going live across our platforms, we'd still have as many questions because we're both so like, let us pick your brains on this. You know, we've both weight trained for the last, for me, Helen, probably five, six years. I think Helen a bit longer in different ways. And again, it's just the first thing we want to talk about is stigma because mm. it's like this idea that women, you know, if you're going to lift weights, then you'll look a certain way or you only lift weights if you want to have a certain aesthetic. And you said first and foremost, for you, it was about mental strength and physical physique. So talk us through, Louise, from where you went from that zero starting point to competition one, building muscle and building the mindset. Like what was it for you that went hand in hand with the two? I'm not really quite sure because when you go into it and you start, you don't really see an awful lot of difference. I just knew that if I continued and I stayed consistent with it, that soon enough I'd start seeing that change in my body. And I think one of the things that drove me on was people's negativity towards it. So I knew that my ex that I was with previously hated any form of muscle on a woman. And a lot of the guys that I was around at the time when I'd go out, they hated the idea of muscle on a woman. That drove me on more to want 
to do it because it was different. It was something that was out of the norm. It was going against what's conservative or the status quo and just throwing something different into the mix. I think I'd got to the point where I was just sick of the same old, same old life, the same old stuff, the same old places. I just thought I just need something different. Can I ask you a quick question, Louise? Um, yeah. you, you said obviously that you got kicked around by life and what have you, and you, you didn't necessarily sort of feel fulfilled. I mean, if I'm putting words into your mouth, please do tell me, and, and you say it as you, you say it on your own terms here. But did you feel confident in the first place to do that, to go into a gym and start something? Or did you start feeling more confident once you got more results? out of it the reason I ask is because in my opinion right I'm confident as a person even I don't think I could stand on a stage in a bikini this is actually a really good question I'm glad you asked this because I was not a confident person growing up I was very much the kind of girl that would try to hide herself not to draw attention to myself I would get shaky if I had to speak to somebody that I didn't know or if I was in a group of people where all eyes were on me I used to hate it yeah. um, and I remember the first time that I went into the gym I had all these good intentions like, I'm going to go over to the weights I'm going to do this this is what I need to do and I'm going to have to do it I walked in there started walking over to the weights area saw the really big muscly guys all grunting and groaning and I just slipped to the side onto a treadmill I'm like oh I can't do this I was just <laughs> So out, completely chickened out. And I thought to myself, I can't, can't do this. If I want this, if I want this outcome, I have to do this first. So in order to sort of build my confidence up, help me with that, I knew if I had somebody in there that knew what they were doing and I was with them, it would get rid of some of that anxiety of being alone and people staring at me as thinking, oh, she doesn't know what she's doing, which they don't do, by the way. They're too busy staring at themselves in the mirror to give a crap about what you're doing. Yes. But that's what you think at the time when you're first starting. You know, you're just thinking about yourself and thinking, oh, my God, everybody's staring at me. But really, that's just a narcissistic way to look at it because nobody really gives a crap what you're doing. Yeah, I think I think that's so so vital. I mean, we say that a lot to our clients, you know, when they're getting them into the gym or getting them to active wear to go out for a walk or a run and they're like, you feel rubbish in my in my lycra or anything. It's like nobody's looking at you. Nobody really cares, but you have to focus on your outcome. And as soon as you start getting over that obstacle, you do build up that momentum and that, that confidence in that activity that you're doing. One one important thing there that I, that I pick out of, of what you said is that you found somebody, obviously, who knows what they're doing. So I assume um, that you had key people around you at every point that has basically held your hand or kicked you up the arse or whatever you've needed at the time. That's been vital for you, has it? Not necessarily. I didn't have... The support back then to do what I was doing because everybody thought I was a bit batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you PT at the end of the day, yes, they're there to motivate you and spur you on, but they can lead a horse to water, they can't make you drink it. And at the end of the day, it's their business to do that. It, and they've got quite a lot of other clients on their books. So you're just another, just another client, really. And I knew that going into it. And I kind of, I think when I first started, I thought I was going to end up getting that bodybuilding family that some of the competitors have, where they do have quite a lot of key people around them to support them that have been there and done that. 
And I think right at the beginning, I was looking to be part of something. It was only until much later on that I realised that I didn't need to be part of anything. And, and I was actually okay not having that. I had that now, but I think I had that because of the person that I am now. Whereas back then I had to be okay with being on my own and being my own influence and being my own support. Yeah, amazing. Which is actually a great way to build character because sometimes people rely too heavily on other people. I think once you learn to be able to do something for yourself and rely on yourself, then everybody else that comes in is just an asset. Yeah, that's a fair point. You know, we always say nobody can do the work for you, whether it's in the gym and it's the reps in the gym or it's in your business world or, or anything that you're working for, your goals, your outcome. Nobody can do that work for you. So to build that up right from the off, you've seen what outcome you wanted. You, you know, you sought out that that industry that you want to be part of and to completely transform your life for you, physique, your own confidence, your own mindset, and then go on to continue to, to be in that out of your comfort zone, I guess, even in the big boys' corner in the gym, just keep building up and building up from that. It's incredible. But I do think that your circle of influence in terms of when you say about assets coming into you has been massively influential to you. So talk us through that in terms of who has been a good asset to you, who has been a positive influence to you, because you can't have done all this on your own, surely. No, I think it started with sort of separating myself from people that weren't that supportive and focusing a lot more on myself that the people that were more supportive or better people for me actually then came into my life. I have two very good friends that still think I'm actually crazy and they don't understand the bodybuilding world but will support me on in yeah. whatever I do. One of them, I have a friend that's a, a medium, she's very spiritual so again, nothing to do with bodybuilding, but she helped me a lot personally myself by becoming more spiritually connected. And then the further I got into competing and bodybuilding, I met my partner who also bodybuilds. But again, in general, his characteristic is very supportive. I met a friend that's into very heavily into bodybuilding. So she's obviously been quite a good influence these have come much later on in my than right at the beginning. And I think that's where, Louise, you've just nailed something for me there, that a lot of people want that at the start. And what you rightly said is, I had to be myself at the start. I had to put the reps in. I had to figure out what I was doing. But because then you became aligned with yourself, and it's brilliant that you've mentioned about your friend who's more spiritually aligned, and the knock-on effect that has on you because, I mean, this is the thing about our influence in business, in our personal lives, in our health, is that we're a product of the people that are around us, whether we mean to be or not. And just being in that person's environment, it does, does rub off and it has had a positive effect. And my next question, actually, you've kind of started on, but I wanted you to describe what a prep cycle looks like, because I think this is where I'm, I think the fact that um, competing and bodybuilding seen such a surge in popularity the last few years I'm a, I'm a massive like supporter of it because I think there's so much strength in women taking control of this aspect and the aesthetics and the mental side but I think people get it wrong they don't understand what it takes so I just wondered if you could explain to us what it what does it take when you're in a cycle before competing physically 
mentally, emotionally, spiritually? What does it take when you're getting in that? Is it 12 or 16 weeks before a competition that you start getting into a certain cycle or mode? It can be 20 weeks before. Can just it? Just depends on where you're at. I think when you touched on it becoming more popular, and I do think it's great that women are seeing this as more of an avenue that they can go down. and It gets rid of the stigma a little bit because for people like myself, it has helped me so much mentally. But I would have a big warning sign that came with that because as much as it's built people like me up, it can tear other people down. It has a dark side just like everything else has. Prep itself, I think when, when people look at bodybuilding, they see what the person has achieved on stage they see them all glammed up all glamorous all the glitter all the nice bikinis all the the likes that they get and the comments and the interests and all the attention but they don't understand that actually 20 weeks that 20 week cycle before stage is you are rough I think back in my early days when I first started I used to be sat there crying into my Tupperware. Mm. You'd hit extremely dark places. You'd be depleted both physically, mentally, emotionally. You'd wonder what the hell you're doing this for because it's, it's not a life. You know, you sacrifice so much. Now I'm lucky that my preps aren't that extreme anymore, but there are so many people that still do really extreme preps low calories and push themselves to inch of the life mm. and I've always said to myself if I have to get back to that point and I end up like I was the first couple of years I won't do it because it's not worth my health for a plastic trophy at the end of the day yeah it's interesting because I've a, a good friend of mine has competed a couple of times she was originally uh, my personal trainer funny enough similar background that you described early 20s beautiful girl gorgeous physique a confident person who liked to be at the front of the room started weight training and then went down the competing route and again achieved amazing things but I remember speaking to her in those points when calories were very low and you know you're 10 or 12 weeks in and she's like I might I can't remember why I said I'd wanted to do this and then another six weeks on the outcome again then it's like ah now I remember and I suppose for me and Helen here what we get so excited about and I'm hugely impressed with it Louise is the the commitment it takes so what I'd love to know is how has your commitment to bodybuilding transferred into other areas of your life how have you taken those lessons and put them into other things that you apply yourself to one of the biggest things that I used to tell myself through competing when it used to get really tough is give this six more weeks and you'll get this and I think I take that very much into every other part of my life if things are really rough because like I try to explain to a lot of people you can't have ups without downs so when you are going through that down which is inevitable you need to say to yourself right yeah but in six months I'm going to be here it's going to be worth it because I'm going to be here and you always see that where are you going to be in six months time and focus on that and that's what I've always done in bodybuilding and competing and just in my own personal life. Things might seem bad now. I might be crying into my Tupperware. I might be throwing 20 kilogram plates at a random person in the gym because they're grunting too loud. Or <laughs> wearing at the car because it just doesn't, you know, really weird things that you do through prep because your mind's all over the place. And I just remind myself, where am I going to be in six months time? You know, because that's where it's important. And sometimes, I'm not saying all the times because 
when it comes to prepping for competition, there's a saying that goes around that I really don't agree with. And I think you've got to know at what point that you need to push past this because it's going to come to greater things or you decide that you need to let go for your health. And I think that goes for every aspect of your life because there's that saying in bodybuilding that kind of creeps out into business. Whereas if you're, you don't feel like you're dying, you're not working hard enough. And that's what goes around. And that's what goes around in the business world as well. It's almost like we have to be stressed. We have to be the one that looks the roughest. And the the more we have to really beat ourselves down into the ground, else we'll never be successful. And sometimes, yes, it takes a lot of sacrifice. It takes a lot of commitment. It takes a lot of hard work. You have to understand and have the knowledge behind you to know when that is going to lead to something or it's going to lead to nothing and just being unhealthy and burnt out. Yeah, it's yeah. something something that we are so passionate about here because it's the hustle and ground, grind mentality that you're talking about in the parallel with the, if you're not dying, you're not working hard enough. It's that parallel in business and it's something that we don't condone, we don't support and, and, and fly the flag for. Yes, there's a time and a place, you know, when you've got to dig in and you've got to roll your sleeves up and there are deadlines that need to be hit and things like that. You might be working more hours, but it's not sustainable for it to continue. And it can end up being quite a destructive approach. And yeah, it is knowing and being aware of those warning signs, isn't it? So that you don't go down that deep, dark place that you've mentioned about, in particularly in the bodybuilding world. And yeah, the parallels there between that and business are, are huge. Absolutely, yeah. It, it's so funny though, uh, Louise, because, you know, again, we know when to push and you know when you, it's that, it's that thing in your mind, isn't it? Am I quitting because I don't want to go the extra mile or am I quitting because I'm trying to blow something up? And that self-reflection and awareness, again, this is for me when people see Instagram, which has so many benefits and seeing the sport and seeing the community of bodybuilding grow there is lots of positives, as you said. But what they don't see is, is that side. And what they don't see is, like I say, when there's people who compete for the wrong internal motivational reasons, and then you just end up, where do you end up at the end of that? So yeah, it's, it's mad and interesting all in one go, I think. How do you keep that balance then? How do you keep that kind of equilibrium so that you're not going up and down and, you know, you're not going to that nth degree of kind of almost on the, the, the knife edge of, of it becoming unhealthy? How do, you, how do you keep that balance, Louise? Self-reflection and, and being honest yeah. with myself about stuff. I think I have this mentality now where it's work smarter, not harder. Knowledge is power. So the more you can learn about what you do, and this isn't learning from books, this isn't learning per se from other people, this is learning things that you may have read, learning things from other people, taking it in, unlearning it and relearning it. And by that I mean tearing it apart, question it. Why does this work like this? How does this work like this? If that works like that, then why can't this work like that? And then putting in your own theories for stuff and learning again with it and I think that then had got me to a place with bodybuilding that I don't push myself to those extremes anymore and I know and I never will I know that what I do is actually extremely healthy hence the fact that I can compete for an entire year 
and still look healthy at the end of it and still not have that big crash that a lot of competitors do because I've taken a different approach I haven't just taken what people say is gospel I haven't done what other people have done to become successful it's, it's a habit a lot of people have and I understand it competing in anything that you do in our business you look at people that are more successful than you are and you want to know how they've done it and sometimes how they've done it is not going to work for you take how they've done it but adapt it you know people just they don't they don't they don't adapt it they just assume that this is how it must work and I have to do it like this and then I'll get this outcome. There's an air of trial and error that you have to go through first. And you have to be honest with yourself. How many people have come to me and, and tried to change the person that they are to fit a particular way of doing something rather than being honest with themselves and saying, well, actually, no, I'm not going to get up at five o'clock in the morning because I'm lazy. That's the way I am. And I'm okay with that. Just be honest about it. Right, if I can't get up at five o'clock in the morning because I'm lazy, then am I better doing it at eight o'clock at night instead? Might not be conventional, but hey, it fits my mindset. It fits the way I am. And it's that being honest about how you are as a person rather than what I would normally get is people saying, oh, I'll just try and get up at five o'clock. No, I can do it. I, I just need to change how I am. It seems to me, um, Louise, you've got a real level of acceptance, like that reflection and awareness, huge, but you've accepted there's going to be a path of least resistance here and that's the one I'm going for because I'm going for longevity and you spot on I can see me and Helen nodding at each other as you're talking like this <laughs> because <laughs> yeah because it's the longevity and this is for us as when we deal with our clients we can week out the question we ask is to and it's to distinguish if the goal is the right goal like are you competing for the right reason is the objective that you've set genuinely one that you want to achieve but you know because if, it, if it's the correct goal how long you prepare to give it like how long you prepare to stick at it because then you know you're on the right path you've got your ladder up against the right wall you might have to keep going up and down the ladder, but the ladder's on the right wall. So don't freak out. Don't worry. And, and just even listening to you, Louise, I, I'm feeling more calm. I feel like got such patience. So, so my question on, on the back of that is, do you get a lot of people coming to you? Obviously, you've won so many titles. You're established now in the industry for so many years. Do you get people coming to you for advice and asking you to coach them and bring them through their journey in the industry? I don't, actually. I think because my mind's more aligned now with business, bodybuilding can, it's not the forefront of my mind anymore. It can kind of go on in the background because I've got to the point where things just happen out of habit. So my mind's more business aligned. Yeah. So I'm not on social media that much with my competing. And generally people ask, I have found very much in sort of the girl world, I don't know how that works in in sort of more guy side of things but in the girl world they will tend to swear towards the women that they follow quite a lot and they see quite a lot almost because they've built that rapport with them yeah and they trust them I don't know whether it's because not being on social media quite heavily makes me unapproachable in that manner but anybody that doesn't really know me or what I do but knows or knew that I was a personal trainer, will always then ask me for advice on weight loss, just general weight loss, which sometimes I do find quite funny because I'm thinking, I'll, I could give you the best advice in the world, but I know you won't take it. As I say, it's a tough one because, again, I'm not surprised now with your answer because you're not someone who stands up and shouts. You're not doing this for external validation. 
you never started doing it for external reasons it was always for you so when you say to me I don't shout about it on social media I'm not looking to garner a following or for people to almost like adore me that makes sense now as you're describing it because you're like I'm doing it for me I've got my own habits my own routines it's it's a lifestyle now it's not a fad so you just get on doing you and if people are watching and are inspired by that great but it's not your primary motivator which again for me I'm like it makes total sense why you've got such a longevity with it and a sensible like you say it's not massive highs and lows because you're just just doing it just consistent it's a it's an amazing mindset to have I think you and obviously personal to you I think you I think you're doing yourself a disservice in the industry because the stories that you do here can be quite harrowing really to be honest Mm -hmm. in terms of the the destruction and and the dark side of things and I think if the industry had more people like you in it who takes the approach that you have with with the balance, with the understanding, with the self-awareness, the self-acceptance, the reflection and the the calmness about it all and understanding the reasons of why you're doing it and not searching for that permission, not searching for that validation. I think it would be a, a whole a whole better arena, I think, for people to step into. It, it, it would be. I mean, it'd be great. The only problem with that is you have to change the mindset of people. Yeah. Because unfortunately... Yeah awful as it sounds so many people will choose this spot because of validation yeah. Yeah. because of the pictures they can put on instagram i've taken what one lady to stage before and i vowed after that i would never do it again because i disliked it so much yeah. i am actually taking another one to stage but not i'm, I'm coaching her but not actually being paid as a coach. It was getting to the point where I could see that she was she was working so hard for it. You could tell she really wanted it, but she was never getting anywhere. And I was sick to death of the post she was putting up where I'm thinking, no, that's wrong. No, that's wrong. No, that's wrong. I'm going to have to step in now. I need to do something about this. But it is more, like I said to her, I'd rather choose the person that I worked with rather than choosing me because at the end of the day I said I'm, I'm not doing it because you know I'm a, a nice person I'm, I'm doing it because I know that you're in a place that I was that you're doing it because it's your head you're doing it for it's yeah. for yourself it's because you need to prove something to yourself that you can do this that you're strong enough to do this and you're good enough to do this but you just haven't been given the best direction in order to do it. And I'm going to show you a different way. As long as you question everything that I'm saying, you start really thinking for yourself, then at least I know by the end of it, I've got you in the place that I want you to be. Definitely. Definitely. Back in the market for people like you, Louise. Yeah. In general, in general, it's the same for anything. Competing in, in, in bodybuilding, I liken it to, or, or, you know, compare it no differently to if you wanted to go and run your first marathon. You're doing it for you or you're doing it for a reason. And it's understanding that. And obviously you can cherry pick those people. How many thousands of women in the UK alone are putting themselves forward for this kind of training? Then they're, they're, they're not all there for the Instagram likes. There are people out there like you, surely. You know, we, we come up against it in business. There are people out there that want to do their business and themselves proud not for other people not for other people to pin that badge on them to say they well well done I'm going to rub your ego a little bit more they're doing it for them like you who knew what your why was so interesting other ways so interesting my question and I suppose my final question because we've, we've, we've talked around them a lot of them is what would you 
be most proud of now? Like what's the biggest challenge and the biggest hill that you've climbed as in the sport that makes you look back now? You've got the trophies, you've got the titles. What makes you go, I'm just so bloody proud of that. That was a challenge and I overcame it. Two things really. One was the first time I ever won a show. So when I first started out, I was crap. <laughs> terrible. And then when I decided to take a little bit of a different approach and use my head a little bit more, I ended up going from really crap to winning. And it was the best feeling ever because I were expecting to do how I'd always done, which was like pretty much last. And I'd skipped all the middle part and I won. A couple of months later, I took away the British title and yet the British title didn't feel as good as the win did with the first competition. And then every other show I've done after that has never really beaten that same sort of feeling. It's almost like the, that journey from being terrible to being great is the best feeling in the world. Just being good kind of sucks because it doesn't give you any fire in your belly. It doesn't give you anything to aim towards or work towards. If I get second or third in the show, I'm like, yes gives me something but often more than not I'm winning these shows and I'm thinking as awful as this sounds it's just not giving me that burning desire and no matter how many times you you do it again and you win it's just still not giving me that same sort of kick as that first win ever did and I think the second thing that I was proud of was this is going to sound really narcissistic but the time that I realised that every time somebody said something to me I'd always tell myself I was amazing for some reason no matter what anybody says to me in my head anything that I do I'm going to be great at it I think because I'd spent so long beating myself down and letting other people beat me down that I'd realised that actually over this time of this journey that I've gone on just self-reflecting and strengthening my mind and focusing on what's important in life and creating a, a, a better balance and a healthier balance that I've got to a point now where I realise that I am actually pretty amazing mm. as much as people really don't like to say that about themselves and I have so many people now that will say I don't know where you get your confidence from Louise and I always say I get my confidence from the fact that I know I can't be terrible at anything because yeah. if I start off terrible all I have to do is put the hard work in and I'll get good at it. Love that. Love it. Like, again, me and Helen are like, yeah, we're totally with you because you've built you've built every bit of that strength. And again, people see the muscle or they see the outcome in the bikini. And what nobody can see is the mental strength and the inner dialogue. What you just described there is what if we could, if we could, if we could sell that and gift it, never mind sell it, gift that to people, the people we love ourselves, whoever. And just be like, just remember, you can grow anything. You can learn anything. It doesn't matter where you used to be with it. You've just got to keep going. And I think, oh, I just think it's brilliant. I love the fact that you've said that. Not narcissistic at all in our minds. It's self-affirmation, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Amazing. Well, so, Louise, what's next? What's amazing? Are we getting back on stage? What's happening? Yeah. What's next? Well, business is my forefront. So that is what I want to focus on to try and drive that forward and make a, a success from that like I have with bodybuilding. I may 
compete again next year but I will have to go up a category because I can't keep doing the same category that I've done just because like I said before a lot of people hate the idea of going on stage if they don't think they can win whereas I'm very very opposite I need something to to keep me focused so going into a category where I know that I don't have any history in in winning or doing well in because I've never done it before will at least give me a challenge a new challenge something to really stick my teeth into so what kind of category are you talking so this is where it gets a bit weird for girls and competing because there's so many different categories and so many iterations so as a because I'm a natural athlete in the natty world it would be trained figure which means that in the open federations that I compete in I'll have to go into athletic to do it okay. because the very the very similar in looks is the athletic on the open side. Yeah, I'm trained in the natty, so at least then I can jump from one to the other and probably not have to tweak much. Right, I was just going to say that. Does that that then have an impact on your training and your prep and everything else? If that's going to push you further? No, because it's a bit it a bit like 2019 when I've gone cross federation from natural to open. I just chose federations that I knew where their toned figure, which is the one that I've been in since starting. Yeah. Um, had a very similar look to it so there were some federations that I decided not to do because their their figure class seemed to be a little bit different and I knew that if I wanted to do so many shows in a year I'd have to be able to do the ones that were very similar look to each other so that's kind of how I played it and that's probably how I'll play it again going cross federation for the next year is just finding ones where they have the similar look throughout awesome I think that was something here now I've just as you were explaining it it clicked with me it's if you think about that in business it's you knew your niche so you knew what your body niche was and you have to stay in that lane and all the competitions that cross over federations you stay with the same niche am I understanding that right yeah so they kind of have the same the same name but generally if you look at sort of the people that have won they have they're maybe slightly tighter or slightly fuller looking or bigger and you just each federation has a, a panel of judges and because bodybuilding is subjective hmm. They can, they can like different types of looks. So if you know your federation and you can get a general idea of the type of looks they like and you go for ones that are similar in that outlook, then you can generally go across federation without any problems, really. I checked out your images, Louise, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and I think you look incredible. Like I've seen, I have seen other pictures and I'll be honest, it kind of doesn't do much for me. <laughs> I'm like, men or women, by the way. And again, like you said, it's subjective. But in terms of then the aesthetics to your your physique at competition, it's incredible. But what I will say is what I find even more incredible is your mind behind it all. Thank you. Amazing. Love that. Totally. I mean, I feel like it's, as Helen said, it's it's so interesting when we hear someone with your passion, but also your patience, and you can totally see why you've had the run at this that you have. It makes total sense. And I think you should give yourself a ton of confidence for what lies ahead for your business. Because if you apply those same principles, as you said, you know that you're amazing. You know that you've just got to continue to put the process in and you'll get there. So come, come back and talk to us again in 12 months, will you? 
and let us know let us know where the business has taken you to how you've competed again or whether you decide to or not uh, but we'd love to keep up to date with it and uh, and see where the next part of the journey takes you yeah definitely that'd be great definitely then the transferable skills from your health and your fitness life into your business life for sure so would be you wouldn't believe how similar business and competing actually is yeah i mean we don't compete yeah we, we don't know the other side but <laughs> it's it, 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 on stage trust us yeah I, I think it's the fact that it has to it has to have a particular type of mindset a, a particular type of work ethic yeah. and a particular type of characteristic to be able to sort of be successful in competing and be successful in business you know most people it is themselves that let them down every single time no matter what they blame on outside sources they don't become successful at something it is them it is something that they have to change in order to be successful but a lot of people don't have that self-reflection to be able to to move forward with stuff like that and it was something that I had to learn. I had to learn that I wasn't getting anywhere in life because of me. It was my fault. But we will just see how the next 12 months go with business and hopefully have some fantastic news for you. I'm sure there will be. And we'll be following your journey, yeah, Louise. So definitely one to keep in touch to. And we wish you all the best. Thank you so much for this interview. Go on, sorry. No, no, I was just saying thank you. Ah, bless you. <laughs> we're, we're all just doing the Zoom, the, the Zoom over talk. No, 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 thank you. No, 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 thank you. <laughs> cancel out, that's what I was saying. So, yeah, thank you so much for taking part in this interview. It's been absolutely incredibly insightful and a pleasure to get a, a female perspective as well when it comes mm. to muscle and, and proper gym work and, and putting the reps in and the work in because it obviously you know it, it can be quite stereotypical and, and masculine led well so it's interesting to find your insight and your your own experiences and your own successes out of it so thank you for your time thank you so much for listening guys we hope that you enjoyed that and hope that you resonated a lot with those personal experiences there if you have any questions about coaching and how you can benefit from engaging myself lauren or anyone from the hew team on a personal level or within your business integration then do not hesitate to contact us via the website which is www.helpingentrepreneurswin.org look forward to hearing from you as always if you've enjoyed this please share it to any of your instagram stories on social media leave us a five-star review or come to us directly with any of your feedback comments or queries have an amazing day and thank you for being our listeners